are in times of refreshing here at Heart of the Bay. We are in times of revival. I know we are experiencing the visitation from the Lord. Whether you know it or not, God is visiting us. And we know it. And we're glad we're not going to be like when Jesus wept over Jerusalem and he said, I would have held you unto myself like a, a hen gathers her chickens. But you didn't, you didn't want me. You didn't receive me. And then he also said, don't miss your day of visitation. So we are not going to miss this divine appointment. God, through the word that's been preached here by his spirit, he is stirring us up. How many of you are stirred up now? How many of you are revived? Well, the rest of you, we're getting there. Amen. Because we are called into service. Hallelujah. Pastor did a great job this morning. You weren't here, get that CD or go online. We, we know we are all called to serve the Lord. And God is visiting us with his presence because he is preparing us for something. He is preparing us for this end time. I loved it. Pastor Tom spoke it out. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming and he is coming soon. I don't know the exact day nor the exact hour, but signs of the time are everywhere. And we that are alive in this day and hour, we that are the body of Christ at this time and this season, it's our responsibility to pray and to prepare the way for his coming. He's going to come at that set day, but we, the church, we need to be Christ out for his coming. We need to be preparing ourselves to be vessels of honor, to be serving the Lord with joy and gladness, to be laborers in his harvest field. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus came to the earth the first time and there was a man in the Bible. Let's look over at Matthew chapter three and Guys, I'm going to be looking mostly out of the King James tonight because I, I wanted to use my Amplified in King James. Did anybody else's power go out before they came to church? Oh, praise the Lord. I was just so not blessed. <laughs> I was going to print out my sermon and my power kept going out. And then I couldn't even open the garage to get my car out. <laughs> So praise the Lord, pastor had gone, felt led to go on a hospital call and left his car. So I got to drive the black stallion tonight. Glory be to God. But I'm thankful I had a car. Whew, thank God it wasn't six o'clock in the morning. I could have never seemed to do my makeup. But anyhow, <laughs> thank God for wonderful things. But anyhow, so guys up there, I can't use my cool little new Bible because I need to actually read the verses. I don't have them printed out. So Matthew chapter three, let's look at verse one in the King James version. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Well, this was a quote out of Isaiah chapter 40 and here it's referencing the first 
coming of the Lord. And this is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was known as the forerunner of Christ. He was anointed to prepare the way for Jesus first coming. And you know, he was kind of a wild guy. The Bible says he lived out in the desert. He ate locusts and wild honey. And he, I don't even know what else to say. He was hairy. I mean, he was probably a strange looking dude. God sometimes chooses the unusual and the unlikely, but he was obedient to his call and there was an anointing and there was a grace upon him to do it. And because he did what he was supposed to do and preached that Jesus, the Messiah was on this earth and he was come, then he was the one. I love it. When it came time for Jesus to be baptized in water, he went down to the Jordan and who got to baptize him? John the Baptist baptized Jesus and he got to witness when he baptized him. He heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. A dove descended as a form of the Holy Spirit. And wow, that's pretty cool because he did what he was supposed to do. I got a question for the church. Are we going to do what we're supposed to do? Are we going to herald his second coming? Are we going to let people know Jesus is coming again? Are we going to let people know God loves you? It's time to come into the family of God. Jesus is your savior. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your deliverer. People are in crisis all around us and they need lights just like you and I to be shining bright in this day and in this hour to lead people to the Lord. You know anybody in crisis? You know anybody that needs to have Jesus in their life? Let's do our job. Let's prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming back. He's going to come back this time, not as a baby in a manger. He's going to come back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's going to come back in a cloud of glory and catch away his bride. But the Lord, many years ago, just spoke this to my heart. Before I catch my bride away into glory, I'm going to manifest myself as glory in the earth. So I just think he's going to do that so it won't be such a shock to a lot of Christian system. They've been grungy. They haven't been glorious. And then all of a sudden caught up into glory. So what's he going to do before he catches us away by that glory cloud? He's going to fill his church with glory. That's his desire. And you know what? As the church, the body of Christ, it is our responsibility To create a landing place, as you will. A landing place for his glory. Lord, prepare me a sanctuary. And that's what's happening here in our midst. There's churches all over the world and all over our nation that are doing the same thing. But I know for sure what's happening here. We are preparing a habitation for our God. A dwelling place. He dwells on the inside of each one of his children, but he desires to find places where he can manifest himself in a corporate fashion 
where people will throw aside their programs and just say, okay, we're going to wait on the Lord. Where people will be willing to say, it's time now. God wants to heal people, whatever he wants to do. Amen. Amen. So there's a scripture over in Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to be looking at a lot of those verses over there. We'll begin at verse 3, Isaiah chapter 40. And guys, I'm going to read most of this one out of the Amplified. Thank you, Father, for your word. Amen. Amen. Verse 3 in the Amplified. A voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Prepare. Literally means to make ready for some purpose, task, or event. It says here that we are to prepare the way of the Lord. Clear away obstacles. Make straight and smooth a desert highway for our God. Have you ever had somebody that was going to come and visit your house and they were going to stay for a period of time and they had to stay in, quote, the guest bedroom and that guest bedroom had become the literal junk room, threw everything in there and closed the door. Hey, nobody's coming over and throw everything in their closet filled with junk. What if it was your mother-in-law that was going to come and stay for two weeks and you knew she was going to be opening every drawer? Looking in the closet. That's what mother-in-laws do. I do that when I go to John and Lindy's house all the time. <laughs> but I have free reign. They want me to because they want, really want me to open their cupboards and cook anything in there I can find. But anyhow, so you knew this was going to happen. What are you going to do? You're going to spend some time preparing. Cleaning out the closet. Clearing out the clutter. Cleaning out the drawers because mama's coming or mother-in-law's coming to the house. Well, you know, if we will do that in the natural when somebody's coming to visit our house, how much more should we do that when we're preparing? We're preparing for the king of glory to come in. We're preparing for the Lord of Lords to show up and to show out. And in that preparation, it says here, we got to do some things. We have to clear away some obstacles. Did you know that there might be some hindrances to greater glory in your individual life? There could be some obstacles. There could be some roadblocks. And we have to get before God and say, okay, I'm opening up my life. Is there anything in me that doesn't please you, Lord? I'm willing to get rid of it. I'm going to prepare a highway. I mean, a highway is different than a little bitty dirt road with chug holes in the middle love it. A highway means free entrance. I can get there in a hurry with no hindrances. That's what he wants us to do. Amen. Now look on down here at verse four. Every valley shall be lifted and filled up and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked and the uneven shall be made straight and level and the rough places a plain. I really like that verse because it says a lot of good things there. 
Every valley shall be lifted and filled up. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. In this day and age, even people that have been crooks are going to be made straight by the glory of God. Hallelujah. Those that have been low are going to be lifted up. That's what happened tonight. People dealing with depression. He lifts people up out of the pit. That's who he is. But listen, this verse, there's some history behind this account. In ancient times, when a king wanted to visit a place, a decree went out, prepare ye the way. The king wants to go and visit. It literally meant, highway literally meant a highway, a raised place because the roads would be low and they'd have holes in them and there'd be boulders in them and it wouldn't be even. So they had to send out workers and they would go before the king. Sometimes it'd take months before he could get to where he wanted to go. A degree could go out and say, the king wants to visit San Francisco. Well, man, can you imagine back in the day, if somebody wanted to go visit San Francisco, we didn't have the bridges and all of that. There was a lot of preparation that had to go into making this road, this passage where the king could get there faster. They had to get rid of the obstacles, get rid of the hindrances, raise up the low places, get rid of the boulders. Well, you know what? You and I, we are called to be God's road construction crew. Come on now. We're called to go and prepare ye the way of the Lord. What does that mean? God wants to come and visit an area. He's visiting us here already. But he goes where people's hearts are prepared. So as the road construction crew, we go in there and we say, okay, I'm going to get rid of that hindrance. I'm going to fill in that chug hole. I'm going to pray. That's how we do it. We do it by praying. We do it by using our faith and using our voice against anything that would try to stop God from doing what he wants to do in our midst. Do I have any volunteers to be on God's road construction crew? Pastor used that scripture this morning. God's looking for volunteers in the day of his power. This is the day of his power. This is the hour when he's going to manifest himself with greater glory. And there needs to be volunteers on all levels. There need to be volunteers serving in every team that we have. There needs to be volunteers that will get on their knees and their face before God and pray that the king of glory would have grand entrance, that he would be able to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Amen. We're removing obstacles. We're making the way straight. Once we do our part, this is what he promised. Started out here saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When we do that, then we can have this promise in verse 5. And the glory, the majesty, and the splendor of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. All flesh shall see it 
together. Hallelujah. The glory shall be revealed and not just here a little and there a little, but to the degree that people are going to know God is God. I know I preach on this a lot, but I'm only following my assignment. God wants us to contend for the glory. God wants us as a people to be prepared for what is in store for us. He doesn't want us to just be wondering what's going to go on. We can know. Hallelujah. Know the season that we're living in. Know the hour that we're living in. It's time for greater glory. It's time for signs and wonders. It's time for God to manifest himself like never before he said you do your part you prepare the way and I will show up hallelujah in glory and it will be revealed not only unto you but all flesh shall see it there's many scriptures in the Bible regarding the glory of the Lord. But one great one is found over in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 for the earth shall be filled With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Why is that one of my favorite ones? The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's in the Amplify. That's good too. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That one always speaks to me because that tells me that God's going to be in such great manifestation. That he's going to be revealing himself to the degree that people, even in the world, are going to have to say, Hey, that had to be God. Knowledge of the glory. Every eye shall see him. God is a merciful God. God is a good God. And I know this in my heart that before he catches us away up into glory, that there's going to be such glory that people that don't even claim to believe in God are going to have to set up and take notice because of the miracles, the signs and the wonders. And they're going to have to say, well, I might not be a believer, but I have knowledge. I know enough to know that's God. Only God could have done that. Only God could have made that arm grow out. Only God could have healed that incurable disease. Only God could have restored that broken relationship. Only God could help that church pay off that building years and years and years and years ahead of time. Knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Knowledge is this. It's an understanding acquired through an experience. I like that definition. Understanding acquired through experience. And that's what we're believing for. Now, are they just not going to have the knowledge and not just see what God is doing, but they're going to experience him for themselves. They're going to say, oh, 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 oh. That was God. And I went to that church and I encountered God. Now I have an understanding. Now I know him as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. 
God's heart is to show himself strong in this hour. Show himself strong in our individual lives. How many of you could stand for God to show up and to show out in your affairs? That's what he wants to do. He's looking for a landing place. He's looking for a prepared heart. And once he does it in individual lives, how much more does he want to do it in corporate churches, groups of people that have prepared a place for him to manifest himself? This is what else that we we need to do. Hallelujah. Verse 9, it says, Zion that bringeth good tidings. Again, in the King James. Sorry, guys. I know I'm hopping all over. Zion that bringeth good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that brings good tidings. And listen to this. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. And I love this. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. He told us that the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. Then he tells us that we need to lift up our voice in strength and declare some things. Lift up your voice in strength. Be not afraid. Speak to your family. Say to our cities. Say to our state. Say to our nation. He said to tell them, say to the cities, behold your God. God is God. He is king. He is Lord of our nation. Our nation is not going down the tubes. We need to be speaking over our country. Behold your God. In other words, look unto the Lord. He is your answer. Hallelujah. I called. He answered. He rescued me. That's what he's going to do for our nation. There's a whole group of believers that are bowing their knees, that are humbling ourselves, calling on the name of the Lord. We're going to hear from heaven. He's going to heal our land and he's going to reveal himself unto us. I know there's some doom and gloom preachers out there, but I respectfully disagree. I do not believe that our nation is going to hell. I do not believe that God is going to forsake our land. I heard recently a man of God that I truly respect as a prophet. The Lord spoke to his heart about our nation. And he said this. He said, Israel was raised up. Because I loved them. I chose them as my people. Your country was established because the people that founded it loved me. And he said, my eye is upon both nations. And I'm not going to forsake either one. Hallelujah. Our nation was founded because people loved God so much that they came here so they could freely 
worship him on religious liberty were we founded and because of that love for God from the very beginning our nation has sent missionaries around the world seeds have been sown in every land on this face of this earth God's eye is on our nation certainly we're not perfect certainly there needs to be a repenting and turning back to God But we don't need to be speaking bad words over our nation. We don't need to be speaking bad words over our politicians. We need to be declared the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. The right people are in the right office at the right time. I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to dare to say who they are. But I'm just saying that because we are praying, we need to be declaring it is well with our land. Hallelujah. The hand of the Lord is upon us for good. God loves our nation because we first loved him. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His blessing is on us. And just think about it. There's millions of Christians in our land that are crying out and are contending for revival and for an awakening. And I'm contending based upon this scripture. We're preparing the way of the Lord. We, as we pray over our land, we are building that highway. That place where God has entrance to come into our land. Think of the people that are inviting him to show himself strong. The people that are crying out for his will, his plan, and his purpose to be established. All he needs is someone to ask. We're asking. We're preparing an entrance for the king of glory to come in. Amen. We're praying For an invasion of the glory of God in our nation. To the degree, to the degree that whoever is in leadership. And by the way, we honor our president, but it is not not all up to the president. If the right person gets in office and the Congress and the senators and the judicial system are fighting him every way, he can't do what he has in his heart to do. So we need to pray all the way down that there is such an invasion of God in our land that it affects starting at the top all the way down, touched and changed by the glory of God. Amen. Satan can't have our nation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what else we can receive as a promise. In Isaiah chapter 40 again. Let's look down at verse 10. And whichever you have it up there in the King James. Behold the Lord will come with a strong hand. And his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work goes before him. Hallelujah. He will come with what? A strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Hallelujah. Our God is strong. Our God is mighty. He's not weak. He's going to come in strength. In power, in glory 
and in the anointing. Can I get some help in this Holy Ghost church tonight? Hallelujah. It's our part to prepare the way that he would manifest himself in our lives, in our family, in our church, in our cities, in our states, in our nation, and in the world. He is the king of of glory. Now let's look over at Psalms chapter 24 verse 7. Oh, I love this psalm. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the king of glory come in. Woo, glory be to God. Verse 7 of Psalms 24. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. I love this right here, this next verse. Who is the king of glory? What's the answer? Everybody read that. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That's who the king of glory is. Verse 9. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? And ask again. Who is? the king of glory this time it says the lord of hosts he is the king of glory that deserves a shout Woo! thank god the king of glory we're gonna let him come in who is this king he's the lord god almighty strong in battle If you got any battles in your life, call upon the king of glory. Open up the gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And let the king of glory come in. This is a little notation on this verse out of the spirit-filled Bible. It said it was referencing that the whole when this happened, the holy congregation, we're a holy congregation was inside the temple prepared for the king's arrival. When the king arrived, he was asked entry. The doorkeeper asked him for a password. The choice to open the door and lift up the gates was up to the doorkeeper inside. Guess what, folks? The choice is ours. We get to choose whether we're going to open up the gates. Lift up the gates. How's it say it? Open. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. We got gates. We got doors to our heart. And we're the ones that get to open them up. Open up your heart. Open up the gates and let the king of glory come in. Hallelujah. Let him come in and do what he wants to do. We choose to let the king into uh, the affairs of our life. What does it mean when you say, okay, I'm going to let the king of glory in. What does that really mean? You've heard all sorts of definitions about glory. Very simple one. It's the manifest presence of God, heavy and weighty with everything good. But I heard one time one commentator said that word glory, kabod, 
or however you say it in Hebrew, contains so much that in our English language, we need a lot of words to describe it. These are some of those words. Glory. Open up your gates. Open up your doors. Let the king of glory come in. Listen to this. The very first place that glory is ever referenced is in conjunction with wealth. A word, a meaning for glory. God showing up. His manifest presence. And this ought to be good news to you. Wherever God shows up, he never shows up broke. He always comes heavy, laden down with everything good. You need healing? That's who the king of glory shows up in your life. You need peace? That's how he comes, the prince of peace. Just listen to some of these definitions. Wealth, numbers. Why in the world would we say numbers in connection with glory? Because the Bible says we're compassed about with an innumerable host of angels. Hallelujah. When the glory of God shows up and God manifests himself, he doesn't come by himself. He's more than enough, that's for sure. But he comes with a host, with an army of angels to heed our beckoning and to carry out our request. Hallelujah. Numbers, commerce. Listen to these. Glory means power. Authority, wisdom, the glory of God comes on your scene. It will bring promotion, superiority, splendor, magnificence, nobility, dignity. And this has got to be one of my favorites. When the glory of God manifests, the king of glory shows himself strong on your behalf. You can expect this because when that tangible presence comes into your life, guess what? It is that tangible presence of God. It's the favor of God. It's the fog of God. It shows up on us and other people will see it. They won't even know what it is, but this is what the glory will do in our lives. Extraordinary privileges and advantages. Woo! I think we ought to say glory. Extraordinary privileges and advantages. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Oh, thank you, Father, the King of glory. Hallelujah.